It's Friday, and you know what that means. It is the uh, Depotcast for the 12th of February, 2021. Uh, I'm Mike McKenzie's in Sault Ste. Marie. Hello, hello. Uh, I'm looking at the meters. It sounds like we are the same volume for once. Uh, I may have finally fixed our... I say that every week. Like, oh, I think I finally fixed our problems and a new, <laughs> ever more ridiculous problem happens. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so what's going on up north? Um, not much is going on in one scan. It's been a pretty quiet week, so. It's been incredibly cold down here. It's yeah, been, it's gotten really yeah. cold up here, too. And there's a lot of, we got some snow since the last time I talked to you on last Friday. Um, we've gotten more snow, so. Uh, yeah, I had to go out and, uh, we have a, a power shovel, which you plug in to an outlet, which means I have mm-hmm. to carry around an incredibly long power cord. Uh mm-hmm. And then I get to do about one tenth of our sidewalk because <laughs> our sidewalk is so huge. Um, That's fun, but it works. Uh, I totally, I totally cleared our sidewalk in about five minutes, so that was good. Um, yeah, cold today. Uh, cold yesterday. Cold the day before. Probably cold tomorrow. Always cold. I'm ready for winter to be over. Me too. Um, so remind me, did they, did they give you a spring break this year or are they just getting rid of you early? No, they're not doing either. Um, our spring break was in December or January. Oh, so they just added it into your winter break. Yeah. They just called like a week of it spring break. So that's ah. kind of fun. Yeah. Not really, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have any days off this semester. Not even once. Not even like. Monday, which is President's Day? Mm-mm. No, I think we still have class. You have to go to we class on class. President's Day? Yeah. Man, what is going on up there at Lake State? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Hey, speaking of, speaking of Lake State, uh, what we're going to talk about this week is we're going to talk about a couple of short lines that are in the state. Uh, one of which is the Lake State Railway uh, that's based out of Saginaw, and the other one is the Great Lakes Central, which is based out of I want to say Owasso. I don't think they're based out of Owasso. I should, probably should have looked that up before I started. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know they're in Owasso. Oh, yeah, their headquarters is in Owasso. So good for me. I, I knew that with, without actually knowing that. So, um, yeah, we've, like, quite honestly, I'm starting to run out of things to talk about on this show. Uh, so I don't I don't know <laughs> what year two of this show is going to look like because uh, I'm starting to hit the limit of what what it is I feel comfortable chatting about. But uh, there's a lot of short lines in Michigan. So I figured we'd spend this week talking about a couple that uh, move a lot of freight, uh, the Lake State and the GLC. Um, we're, we're very familiar with the GLC. Uh, the GLC is one that we see in Durand at least twice a day uh, mm-hmm. because it intersects with Canadian National right here at Durand, uh, as well as here on an Eastern uh, here at Durand. Um, it's, uh, like I said, headquartered in Owasso, but it is mm-hmm. like the range that it travels is from Ann Arbor, the north end of Ann Arbor, um, all the way through Clare. Uh, it intersects with the mid-Michigan at Alma, um, and then it keeps going north, and then it gets to Cadillac, and it branches off a little bit, and then it goes north again, and it branches off again at Walton, 
uh, to head toward Traverse City. And it continues to go north all the way up to Petoskey. So if you have your Michigan map out in front of you, uh, Petoskey is a pretty long ways up there. It's uh, nearly to the bridge. Uh, so, yeah, uh, let's get into kind of the history of the Great Lakes Central. Um, I wanted to start with this one because it touches on a topic that we actually haven't gotten to yet, which is the general history of the Ann Arbor Railroad. Uh, the Ann Arbor Railroad uh, went out of business a lot, like four times, three to- three, or f- three or four times. Um, and when it went out of business for the last time, the state took it over. Uh, here, I'm getting my next resource ready for that. So they took it over in like 1977, I think, is when that happened. Um, dead air is always good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, the GLC was uh, pre- uh, previously called the uh, Tuscola and Saginaw Bay Railway, so the Tisby. So when you hear uh, railroad people from around here discuss Tisby. That's they're referring to the GLC, but they did they changed their name. Um, so yeah, the uh, Tuscola and Saginaw Bay was formed in 1977 because uh, Penn Central collapsed and went out of business. Uh, so uh, what happened there was uh, when Penn Central went out of business, the state bought it all up and operated it for a little while, uh, and then they started parting it out to different places because they didn't want you know the state didn't want to be in the business of running railroads themselves so Mm -hmm. uh a short line was created sort of out of the ashes of the ann arbor uh that uh became tuscola and saginaw bay and then became great lake central uh and this also like see the great lake central is interesting because it it discusses um a couple of different phenomenon which is the end of the ann arbor and the end of penn central and these are both topics that Mm -hmm. i want to have special guests on for because uh, like <laughs> Dave Harrell is a board member here, but he's also the president of the Ann Arbor Historical Society upstairs. So, like, he's the guy you want when you talk about what happened to the Ann Arbor. He's the guy. Uh, and when we talk about Penn Central, uh, Jerry Becker was working there when they collapsed and then moved to MDOT. So, <laughs> oh, so, so there, there are two guys that we want to get on the show to actually talk about those two things. Um, so I'm kind of, like, forgive me for ignoring about 150 years worth of history prior to 1977. Um, But yeah, so uh, the Tuscola and Saginaw Bay uh, came to be as a result of that. uh, And today they operate a huge amount of rail. It's about 400 miles, which is a lot of rail for a short line. Uh, Yeah, the looking more into Tisby here for a second. Yeah. So in uh, so in 1977, the state took over former Penn Central stuff, um, but they had also got into discuss uh, to handling some Ann Arbor stuff as well. So this happened in 1982. There was about five years where the state was like slowly dismantling what used to be the Ann Arbor. Uh, I think there was a little bit of time there where they continued to run ferries across the lake that were Ann Arbor ferries, but they were still under the name. Like they were rebranded to like the Michigan, uh, Michigan train company or something. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, in 82, uh, MDOT contracted the Tisby to operate the former Ann Arbor line from Osmer siding just North of Ann Arbor to Alma, uh, on October 1st, 1984, MDOT canceled its tra- uh, contract with the Michigan Northern railway and the Tisby assumed operation as a 405 mile short line, 
with the rest of the Ann Arbor Railroad mainline to Cadillac. Uh, and then they also picked up some former uh, GRNI, that's Grand Rapids, Indiana, uh, trackage from Reed City to Petoskey. Uh, so that kind of explains where they are today and why they have the track they have. Um, they did have some track uh, between Cadillac, uh, the Comstock Park, and Chesnutting, which is a little bit north of us to St. Charles. Uh, they removed that. <laughs> and the original uh, lines that they were in charge of uh, were sold to Huron and Eastern, which we'll talk about in a different episode because Genesee and Wyoming owns a lot of different railroads in Michigan. Uh, so then uh, in 2006, uh, Tisby was purchased by Federated Railways Incorporated and changed their name to Great Lake Central as a Class 2 regional railroad. Uh, GLC, uh, GLC is the largest regional railroad in the state of Michigan covering 400 miles track. Um, and then I talked about uh, where they are. Uh, operates former Ann Arbor track from Ann Arbor to Cadillac, former Pennsylvania Railroad from Cadillac to Petoskey and Walton to Traverse City, former Chesapeake and Ohio track from Grand to Williamsburg, former New York Central track from Owasco to Fergus, and former Grand Trunk Western Railroad track from Ashley to Middleton. GLC also operates a small portion of the abandoned CSX Ludington subdivision in Clare to serve a local plastics factory. <laughs> <laughs> and um, like I said, they uh, they interchange with CN at Duran, CSX at Howell. They short line uh, here on Eastern in Duran and Owasso, the Mid-Michigan Railroad in Alma, and then they also connect to the current Ann Arbor Railroad in Osmer. Yes, the Ann Arbor is back, but it's not the same Ann Arbor. Uh, we'll talk about that a different time as well, probably with Dave Harrell. Uh, whew, that's a lot of discussion about, like, the lineage of short lines and stuff in this state is usually pretty interesting because they they take over, you know, they're always, like, a phoenix <laughs> that's birthed out mm -hmm. of the ashes of different railroad companies that went out of business for whatever reason. Um, let's see. What else do I have to say about GLC other than the obvious? Like, we see them twice a day. Uh, GLC currently is the company that uh, supports the uh, 1225, the uh, Berkshire that Steam Railroading Institute over in Owasso own. Uh, so mm -hmm. when they take trips, they uh, ride GLC's rails. And uh, if they have it, because COVID ruined basically everything last year, uh, the North Pole Express, I believe, runs from Owasso to Ashley, I want to say. Maybe Alma. Some, someone will eventually email me and yell at me about that. But uh, <laughs> I, I believe it's Ashley. It's not a super long trip. Um, Dan just walked into the room. Hey, Dan. He says hi. Um, yeah, like so they they go to Ashley and back. Uh and that's how they they do their thing. Once in a very great while, we'll see the twelve twenty five through Durand. It's like once every three years at this point, because um, the city of Howell has a thing called the Melon Festival, uh, mm -hmm. which makes me want to look that up because I have I've the always melon just festival. melon. I've I've never questioned that they had a melon festival. I'm gonna look it up uh, because they take the the twelve twenty five down there. Uh, okay, now I, I'm I'm on a tangent because now I'm looking up what the Howell Melon Festival is. Um, well, I'm not going to sit here and trash their website, but uh, there's nothing on their website about what they are. 
Wikipedia saves the day. The Howl Melon Festival is a food festival held in mid-August, which showcases the Howl Melon, a cantaloupe hybrid claimed to be found only in the area surrounding Howell, Michigan. The first Howl Melon Festival was held in 1961. About 50,000 people attend the three-day festival each year. Uh, In years past, the highlight of the festival was a beauty contest to elect the Howl Melon Queen. (laughs) Like... Change, what? change the word uh, melon with railroad, and you're talking yeah, and you're talking about railroad days. The very first melon queen, a beautiful nurse, won a trip to Washington D.C., where she met President Dwight D. Eisenhower at the White House. That's a way better prize than what we give our queens, I think. We'll have to talk to some people. Melon um, queen. The melon queen. M e l o n. What? A, a, you know, cantaloupe like a melon. Yeah. yeah. They, this is crazy. Yeah, you're learning something today. Uh, the Newswires picked up the story of the beauty queen and the Howell Melons, earning front page stories in the Chicago Tribune and the Los Angeles Times. And that's how the Howell Melon got famous, according to Dr. Lewis May, organizer of the first festival. The festival is now managed by the Howell Area Parks and Recreation Authority. Instead of a melon queen, the new tradition is to elect children as melon prince and princess, mini prince and princess, and Sprout Prince and Princess. Um, I feel like Melon Prince and Princess is like contemporaries of Princess Toadstool or Princess Peach from Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. Like, you, you, I would assume that Princess Peach and, and the Melon Princess would probably hang out. That's kind of what I was getting. In the past, the festival included an ice cream eating contest and a large parade. The parade tradition, which included the Shriners, was discontinued in 2008. Well, that's a bummer. Parades are, like, the best part of festivals. Being a biased guy from marching band once upon a time. <laughs> um, the 50th anniversary was celebrated without a parade. For a few years, the festival organized a riverboat tour of Thompson Lake. 2012 venue will close Grand River Avenue. That's how long ago this was written. 2012. will close oh, Grand my. River Avenue for two days to accommodate Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels. Oh, my God. Wow. What is that? The, Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels is a uh, famous band uh, from like 1960s. Uh, okay. And like he's the like Mitch Ryder is from Hamtramck. So he's from Detroit. Uh, but they're like a rock and roll band. Okay. okay. They did. Um, they did Devil with a Blue, Blue Dress on. If you remember that one. I don't. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. You're 19. <laughs> <laughs> If Mary were here, she would she would remember. Um, That's what we're missing when we don't have her on the show. We're just <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, she's she was she's working hard today, so we couldn't get her. Um, Howell melons are available for tasting and purchase, with up to two hundred thousand melons sold each year. Uh, while the following is a wonderful story, it is a myth. The first Howell melons were grown by August Gus Schmidt, a local farmer who was given the original seeds by an itinerant hobo during the Great Depression. The taste of the melon soon won over other farmers who soon planted the distinctive melon elsewhere in Livingston County. Uh, that is apparently not true. Uh, the Howell, they, they had a Howell, a Howell, easy for me to say, melon festival in 2020, but it was online because of the COVID-19 pandemic. What uh, time of year is it? Uh, August. Okay. Uh, so part of that is they must contract with SRI to move the 1225 down there for the weekend so people can take short trips with it i i know it's like 
they do like howl to howl like a hawker or something is their trip and they turn around and they do that um and they can do that because all of the rail between Howell and Durand is GLC operated. So they control when that train is on there. Uh, I can tell you that the reason that we don't see it super often in Durand is because uh, Canadian national runs a freight business and they have a, they and Durand is on their main line. So they mm-hmm. really don't like the crowd that the uh, 1225 brings because sometimes those people don't respect our fence. Um, and also that engine is super heavy, <laughs> so it chews up the rail. It's, you know, it, it's just a, you know, it weighed like 225,000 pounds or something. It's very, very heavy. Um, so yeah, that, I think that is the gist of the GLC. Hey Dan, we're talking about the Howell Melon Festival. Hey, right. <laughs> I, they had Mitch Ryder in the Detroit wheels one year. We need to call somebody. Yeah. How do we get Mitch Ryder? Probably just call him, right? <laughs> Are you still around? I, I assume so. Hey, we got Mark Farner once. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay, so, clue. yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, I'm just having a conversation with Dan now during the podcast. I installed <laughs> the LED lights, do you notice? I was just, while well, I walked in, I said, okay, something different. Yeah. yeah. Our library is, like, historically the darkest room in the building, which is terrible for a library um so i went to ace and bought some led bulbs that actually fit the ballast that we've got and it works Super. yeah and it will use less energy which in a in a in a month where we're ramping the heat up basically every day every little bit helps uh so the next uh the next where we're going to talk about is lake state uh and it's kind of a bummer that Mary isn't here to talk about Lake State because uh, she has a summer home up in Oscoda. Is it Oscoda? No, it's Alcona. <laughs> I don't. I don't know words. Um, that uh, she asked me one day, like, "Hey, what's the railroad company that we hear trains all the time by that place? What what railroad company is it?" So we went and got a map and looked it up, and it turns out it was Lake State. So. Uh, here is sort of the history of the Lake State. Uh, the Lake State starts as the Detroit and Mackinac Railway, which uh, was kind of no- was known as the Turtle Line, and it was uh, in the northeastern part of the Lower Peninsula. It ran f- the main line was from Bay City north to Sheboygan, uh, and it ran from 1894 to 1992. Uh, it was it was a pr- it was a pretty big railroad for that side of the state. Um, let's see. Why did it stop running? I am looking that up. Uh, okay, so in March 76, the DNM acquired a combination of trackage and operating rights from the remains of the bankrupt Penn Central. See how that comes back up again? Uh, Penn Central created a lot of a lot of change when they went out of business in 76. Um, that created an alternate main line from Bay City northward through Gaylord and Sheboygan to Mackinac City. Uh, however, uh, adverse economic conditions continued to affect the railroad operations in the northeastern U.S. The railroad was then sold to Lake State Railway uh, in 92 and ended its existence as an independent railroad. So it, you know, it held on for as long as it could. But then the uh, economy sort of blew up um, And the early 90s weren't a great time for the railroad industry. And by then they were they just needed to they needed to go. So. Uh, Yep. Uh, there were 
the railroad bore the hostile backronym of defeated and maltreated. <laughs> that's man, that's rude. Uh, so, uh, not to go back way too far, but they also started as a narrow gauge line, the DNM, uh, over by Alpena. So, uh, that's the DNM. Uh, we actually like sell pins and stuff from the DNM because they have a little, like a cute mascot. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Lake State moves a lot of uh, a lot of freight. They that's that's basically all that you know. No, they certainly don't move any passengers, but uh, they move lots and lots of uh, limestone, coal, grain, and chemical products, which makes sense because they're uh, they're in the Saginaw area and their largest customers are Dow Chemical and SC Johnson and Son. Uh, but they also uh, service like ConAgra and Consumers Energy and stuff. So. Uh, yeah, uh, Lake State began operations in 92 and acquired all the lines operated by the DNM. One of the lines acquired was originally Michigan Central from Bay City to Sheboygan. Another line, originally DNM Trackage, branched off in Pinconning and followed the Michigan's eastern followed Michigan's eastern coastline to Rogers City. The trackage north of Gaylord to Sheboygan was abandoned shortly thereafter. Uh, which, if you look at the map, uh, you can see that there is no. Uh, I'm talking to you like as if you have the map out but you don't <laughs> i do not uh the entire county of sheboygan doesn't have any railroad anymore uh uh L- lsrc operates and they terminate at gaylord and alpena uh so they don't they haven't gone any farther north um the dnm was also highly responsible for like trains that went up to the mackinac bridge which, mm-hmm. before it was the bridge because they they would uh load stuff onto the chief wawadam and take it across the the straits uh but that ended as soon as the bridge was built like the day the bridge opened the ferry service stopped (laughs) Um, (laughs) they're like not our job anymore yep over it's over and done with uh in 2005 lake state acquired 67 miles of trackage from csx around saginaw midland and bay city uh this trackage is operated under the subsidiary uh saginaw bay southern railway uh the other thing that's interesting about Lake State here is that they call themselves a railway, which is typically reserved for Canadian and British railroads. Uh-huh. Um, American rail operators tend to call themselves railroads, which I think is fascinating. They must have just liked the way it rolled off the tongue. Like, it's not a rule. You don't have to do it. So <laughs> uh, in late 2011, it was announced that the SBS would merge with Lake State with the LSRC being the surviving company. So uh, weird. The subsidiary they created <laughs> got rolled into the real company, which is the story of railroading. Uh, there was There's always a subsidiary and it always gets uh, swallowed whole by the big guy once all the, all the debt is taken care of. Um, following the news of the merger, Lake State had stopped painting the Southern Bay logo on its locomotives. Uh, in 2018, Railway Age, which is a very popular railroad magazine, awarded Lake State their Short Line of the Year award. Uh, and then in 2019, they picked up 53 miles of CSX Saginaw subdivision from from Mount Morris to Plymouth. Um, so I'm going to take a look at the map. We're going to we're going to talk about everywhere that Lake State touches. Uh, they start in Saginaw, uh, but they, they intersect in Saginaw with Huron and Eastern, a bunch. Boy, like they're surrounded by Huron and Eastern in that area. And then mid-Michigan. Uh, so if you wanted, if you were running trains that were like GLC and Lake State, 
you would probably use the mid Michigan somewhere in the if you're like at Alma or you'd get here on Eastern Duran. Um, so then Lake State goes all the way up to Pinconning. And uh, it branches off at Pinconning. So uh, if you go up the coast, which is on Lake Huron, uh, you go up past like Saginaw and up to National City to Tawas and then all the way up the, the lakeside right there to Alpena. If you go left at Pinconning or, or west, uh, you end up at Standish and Sterling, uh, Alger, sorry, Alger, um, <laughs> West Branch, uh, Roskaman, Grayling, Otsego Lake, and then Gaylord. And that's that's how far they go. Uh, so their trackage is 375 miles, which is quite a lot. Um and then, uh, so they also started leasing uh, four miles of Grand Trunk uh, Western trackage at Port Huron from CN. Uh, mm-hmm. That line was part of the original main that was built by Grand Trunk Railway in 1859. The line runs from the west end of CN's rail yard at Tappan to Dunpaper at the head of the St. Clair River and Lake Huron. Uh, so they had some business they wanted to conduct down by the tunnel. Uh Let's see. Uh, Lake State has eight subdivisions, Bay City, Blue Water, Dean, Huron, Mackinac, Paynes, Pinconning, and Saginaw. Uh, there's also a section here on this Wikipedia page, which is awesome. Like, I could have went and grabbed ten books about this, but uh, <laughs> for the sake of this podcast, uh, giving you a good recap was was all I wanted to do. Uh, they Somebody has gone to the effort of putting down all of their motive power on here. <laughs> which is pretty great. Like um, they don't have, like when you think of an engine around Duran, we're probably pretty spoiled because everybody we see has like the newest and baddest uh, SD 70 or SD 90 or the Evo series from, from uh, GE. Uh, And what short lines usually have is uh, old units like hand-me-downs. They buy them from, companies that don't need them anymore. Uh, and in 2020, they bought a couple of Norfolk Southern locomotives that are GP forties. Uh, I could probably write down when the GP 40 was made. Where was that? Uh, but they also operate like, yeah. So, uh, the GP 40 was made somewhere around 1975. Okay. Uh, to give you sort of an idea is the type of, of power that they run. It's, it's all stuff that was built like mid seventies, early eighties is kind of what they operate on. Uh, someone who was telling me something the other day, it may have, it might've been Jerry was telling me that, uh, GLC is still running a locomotive that is, that was the first like the first run of, of diesel locomotives that came out somewhere. So they're, they're running like a 70 year old locomotive somewhere. <laughs> yeah. What's um, like, do you know what like the average locomotive age is? Like, is there any, like what's the newest there's out? Um, well, like, the, the diesel engines are, were designed to be like perpetually updated and maintained. So as long as you're not like beating the thing to death, and mistreating it and not keeping it maintained. Like I said, people are still using the original ones that came out from the, from the forties and fifties. Uh, but like the majority of what's out there are probably like between 
20 and 30 years old, I would say. Um, because what happens is like big companies like CN or Union Pacific or, or Norfolk Southern or CSX or whomever go out and they buy these gigantic new engines and then they lease or sell off their older ones. Um, so they'll stay alive because they were in good condition when they were, when they were letting them go, they just don't need the older, you know, the new ones are more energy efficient and they can do all sorts of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I th- that's a good question that I'll have to ask someone who knows a little bit more about locomotives than me. But um, I would guess that they're probably around 30 years old, like as as, as an average, because uh, there are a lot of engines out there. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of what's going on with Lake State. Uh, they they have bought a bunch of locomotives and, and they name all their locomotives after cities located on their line, like the city of Bay City, city of Alpena, so on and so forth. Uh, which I think is really cool. That reminds me a lot of something that uh, that uh, Chesapeake and Ohio would do, that a lot of their trains were named after cities. Um, and I think that's probably cool for the towns that they they roll through. Like, oh, yeah, that's ours. That, that's our one today. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So we got to 20, 2930. I know you have to go to work in like half an hour. So <laughs> we should probably <laughs> adjourn. Uh so uh, other than schoolwork and all that stuff, everything's still everything's still OK. Everything is still going OK. Yes. Yeah. Um, we haven't we don't have anything new for the gift shop because we haven't bought any new merchandise in a while. Uh, however, we are very excited to announce that we installed a new light in our uh, our display case for for merchandise. So you can actually see what's at the bottom of the case now. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Uh, Bye. Yeah, we've like that's been an internal complaint of ours for a long time. And today I was at Ace buying uh, buying LED bulbs, and I was like, "Hey, you know what I should do? I should fix this problem we've been complaining about all along." So I did it! Hooray! Um, Hooray! <laughs> yeah, uh, the newsletter went out. Uh, so uh, Mackenzie worked real hard on that, and then I went in and sort of put the finishing touches on it and sent it out to everybody. Uh, I think over the weekend we'll make it available to everybody and not just members. Uh, so that's something to look forward to. Uh, not sure what else to talk about this week. It's been kind of a, I got all the trees down. We don't have any trees left in the building anymore. <laughs> it, we So we beat Valentine's Day. We did it. We are ready for Valentine's Day. Although I always say we should leave our trees up year round and just decorate them for each holiday. But no one seems to like that idea. <laughs> Keep pitching that idea. It'll probably get through eventually. I'm going to. We at least one. Just like if one person's like, hey, I really want to keep my tree up year round. I'm with you. Yeah. Um. I don't see that as a bad idea. In fact, I think you've pitched that idea to me before. And I was like, that actually isn't a bad idea. Um. But I think what happened is we forgot about it as we do. Uh, and we forgot about it before we started talking about where we would put that tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, and where it would live year round uh, like the elevator bay seems like a good place for that but um, it'd be a lot easier if I was there because you just show up one day and there'd be a nice little tiny tree sitting it, there it would be handled yeah exactly <laughs> uh, that white tree that was with the band tree this year would be a good fit for that that's what I was thinking okay maybe summer 4th of July I'll do All a 4th right. of July well, tree when you come back uh, this is gonna first off you have to come back and do a railroad days tree you know, I was thinking that too. I was already <laughs> thinking that I was going to cut out for it. 
I, I like this idea a lot. I'm here for it. Okay, so we've so we've actually made some progress today on the show as well. Uh, all right, so uh, I'm adding a, an outro this week. So uh, you're going to hear some music fade in and fade out uh, to signify the end of the show uh, because our friend uh, Brendan got a hold of us on email and was like, hey, why don't you have an outro? And I was like, that's a good question. Why don't we have an outro? And the answer, as always, is because I'm dumb. So... Uh, I'm going to be slightly less dumb and I'm going to put something on there. Uh, that was the Depot cast for February 12th, 2021, which is a Friday. We actually are recording it on a Friday and I'm going to post it on a Friday, which I feel like we're playing with fire, but hasn't burnt us yet. So, uh, have fun at work, Mackenzie. Thank you. Have fun there. All right. See you later. Bye.